0: And welcome to Re'im Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy you are joining me today, Hanukkah, on JRoot Radio, which could be found on J JRoot Radio, Hotline JRoot Radio. <laughs> there are so many ways to reach JRoot today. Amazing. For those of you who are new listeners, here's what we do. We try to learn... And to develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Hanukkah. Today on the fourth day of Hanukkah, yes, this is a live show. Some of you might be listening to this on Monday night when we replay and rebroadcast. Monday night, but now it is the fourth day of Hanukkah and I want to wish start this show by wishing everyone a happy Hanukkah Fra Hanukkah, goes into Hanukkah and hope everybody's enjoying their hanukkah. Everyone, whoever's listening to the show and you should know um, lately I've, I I've been hearing that Bar Hashem're we having people listening to the show from not just you know the Brooklyn area or whatever area, people from all over the place Bar Hashem listening to the show, show really all over the world so Bar Hashem. Thank you for joining and happy and a frail Chachanukah to everyone. Today, we are going to have a very, very exciting show of Hashem. Why am I saying this? I want, I want to start today with something that happened to me, oh boy, about a week and a half ago, I think. Maybe two weeks ago. I'm giving a workshop, I'm giving a marriage workshop to a group of people. I am not going to tell you where it was because some people might not want to know. I don't know. The truth is I could tell you. It was a bar park, yeah, giving a marriage workshop. And, uh, you know, we had we had series for the ladies, we have a series for the men. And what happens is, at the, literally at the end of the workshop series, I have one of the participants of the workshop. And by the way, I don't usually do the, these workshops. It was actually someone who urged me, has been bothering me to do this for a very, very long time. And Bezashem, Hashem, I think we are going to be doing it in the future again as well especially, especially for and mankalas and Shana Rishona, but also for people who are married for a while. And honestly, most of the people in this workshop were married for a while. I mean, not too long. They're all young, but they were married. And it was sponsored by someone who was a tremendous, tremendous person. And I am not, this I'm not going to mention his name because he might be embarrassed, but really a special person. Sometimes you meet like really special, caring people. This person was really, this couple I should say, really caring, wonderful couple who said, you know what, Rabbi Greenfield, we hear you on J-Root, and we know you speak, why don't we do a workshop? Let's do a workshop. And they pushed and pushed and pushed, and they worked it out, and Baruch Hashem was very successful. But what I want to tell you is at the end of the workshop, somebody comes over to me, one of the men who participated in the workshop comes over to me, says to me, Rabbi Greenfield, you know... Bar Hashem, I can't tell you how much I learned, and you know, I really feel like I was empowered by this workshop, and I gained skills and tools. And Baruch Hashem, but here's my here's my issue. I said, "What's your issue?" My issue is that I know I'm gonna go back home, and I'm, you know, I'm definitely gonna gonna implement all the skills and tools that you've given us, and I have like a whole new a whole new zest towards marriage, and I'm very I'm, I'm excited about it. But what I'm afraid is gonna happen is that after a couple of weeks after I try and I and I connect I do whatever I can to have a really amazing marriage what's gonna happen is after a few weeks it's gonna fizzle out it's just gonna fizzle out it's gonna fizzle out like anything else in life and I'm just gonna go back to my old routines like what do I do about that and I'm listening to this guy and I'm saying to him you know what your answer lies in your question yeah your answer lies in your question By the fact that you're cognizant about the fact that you know it's going to fizzle out, you know that you're pumped right now, and you know in a couple of weeks from now it's going to fizzle out like anything else, the fact that you know it's going to fizzle out and you're prepared and you have that awareness is the solution to your problem, meaning the fact that you know it and you're prepared, when it happens, you'll know that what? It's time to be mechazek myself. It's time to strengthen myself and to try again, and to try, and to try again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how it is in the world of relationships. This is it. This is it. There's not a couple in the world that will tell you that they got married, and of course they were so excited, and they were going, out, and they're talking on the phone, and then the the engagement, and the chasana, and the shiva brach, this is so exciting, right? Anybody gone to a wedding lately? I actually went to a wedding this Hanukkah, so beautiful, so exciting, everybody was so pumped, Everybody's so amazing, this brand new relationship, wow, brand new relationship, no one's gonna tell you that it stayed that way forever, no one's gonna tell you that, why? Because that's what marriage is, marriage is about having it fizzle out, and reconnecting and strengthening and working on the shlamis. It's the ups and downs, but knowing there's gonna be the downs. And once we have the downs, we're gonna strengthen ourselves and we're gonna we're gonna reconnect. We're gonna do what we have to do. This is life. You know what this is parallel to, by the way? Let me tell you what this is parallel too. This is parallel to our relationship with Hashem. Yeah. Our relationship with Hashem. Think about all the times that we feel connected to Hashem, right? Think about Yomim no Raim, right? Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Who's not connected to Hashem and Yom Kippur? Who's not comes in the ilah, Who doesn't feel that 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 close, deep connection with Hashem? Like we're asking Hashem for the whole year. We feel so close to him. We feel Hashem is so in charge of our lives. And then it's sort of like, before you know it, it sort of fizzles out. Not completely. That's the point. The point is, it's a constant balance. That's called Bechira. Bechira is not just with our relationship to Hashem. Bechira is with our relationship to our spouses, to our husbands, to our wives. Yes, the relationship fizzles out. That's the works of the Yetzer Hara. That's it. That is the works of what? Of the other side, the Sitra Akhar, trying to come and destroy your relationship. Because your relationship is tight, when you feel emotionally close to your husband or to your wife, it's not just a nice thing, oh, I'm feeling so good about it. You're actually performing a mitzvah of the veikis, of what a Kodesh Baruch Hu expects us to do. And where and we're, we're bevater on all of our midos, our spouse's bad, bad midos, chas v'shalom, that's also a mitzvah of shlemis. So, it's not just going to happen like on a daily basis on autopilot. If you're thinking that your marriage is going to be successful on autopilot, then you're wasting your time. I'll say it again. I'll be very, very blunt. You're wasting your time. You're not going to have an autopilot relationship. Today's class, I, even though we're going we're to go back. We're going to go back to Shana Rishona. That's what we're going to do. But but don't close the radio as of yet, and I'll tell you why. Because you're going to see Be'ez Hashem. Every single one of you who's going to listen to this, you're going to see that there's so much stuff that relates to you with Shana Rishona principles. For those of you who just got married, oh boy, this is an important class. But for those of you who have been <coughs> excuse me, have been married for a while, you're going to see some of the principles and policies that we're going to talk about today. You're going to think to yourself, wow, I don't know, I never really I don't know, I never went over that. We sort of tried it in our Shana Rishona. But now in our Shona Shlishis, Chamishis, Asiri, Esrim, whatever, you know, whatever, 30, whatever marriage year you are in right now, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see a lot of the policies and, and principles we're going to talk about today have a lot of shayachut with you, have a lot of la shayachut with you. So I'm, I, I'm going to go back. Yeah, I'm going to back to Shona Rishona. I am going to be back to Shana Rishona. And Bez HaShem... We're gonna be not, we're gonna be matzliach on today's show, and I think it's I feel very much it's gonna to relate to everyone. I really do. You know, there's a pasuk in it, the Let's start with the Let's start with the Torah. This whole show is based on Torah. This is not like psychological. Yeah, I have a master's or marriage and family therapy, and we got the emotional focus therapy and the cognitive behavioral therapy, and with the narrative therapy and all the modes of therapy. You know, that's all very nice. And I'm not saying there's no chacham b'goim. I'm saying of course, a hundred percent. There are incredible skills and tools that there are out there in the world and that and we can garner. And those of us who get training, get training. But it all lies in the Torah. What does the Torah tell us? The Torah tells us as follows. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what Torah says. The Torah says, When a man takes a new wife, He shall not go out into the army. Nor shall he be subjected to anything associated with it. He shall remain free for his home for one year and delight his wife whom he has taken, you hear this? He shall remain free for his home for one year and delight his wife, whom he has taken. This is in Devarim, Chof Dalid. Hey, you could look it up. That what? That there's something special about that Shana Rishona. There's some sort of there's some sort of connection. There's something that we have to do. So much so that we're not a, a man's not going to the army, it's not a fight for, for the nation. We have we have a we have a mission in the Shonari Shona Rishona. What is that mission? And have we gone through that mission, ladies and gentlemen? Those of you who are married for 15, 20 years, have you done that? Maybe we should review some of the policies. Okay, what is it? Like this. First of all, let's just stay like this. In the Gemara and Saita, um Daf Memgimalaman Alf. And, and the Mishnah Taira, which is the 7th parak, Mishnah Taira, it says like this, says, by the way, it says Mitzvah, Mitzvah 214 of the 248 mitzvahs, in the Rambam, Sefer Mitzvahs, talks about this, Holy of Shana Rishana V'chulam. It's pivotal to have a healthy Shana Rishana. Pivotal. You want to know why it's so important? Let me tell you why. Because for those of you, who, maybe the ladies can relate to this more than the men. For those of you who buy shoes, Okay, that wasn't a pun. It's just that the way it just works out is that ladies have a lot of shoes, men don't necessarily have shoes, but yes, maybe your husband has more shoes than you. But if you buy a new new shoe, you know, in the beginning, it might not be so comfortable. Maybe sometimes it takes a while till you wear it, and after you wear it for a while, it sort of starts fitting your foot, right? So you get married, you're thinking, oh, wow, my chasen, my chasen is so amazing. I can't stop thinking about him. He's so giving. He's so wonderful. He's so, his midos tovos shemayim. It's a perfect shidduch. There's really nothing to do. I just get married. It'll be amazing, right? Or men who are listening to this. My Kala, you're thinking. Maikala. Wow, she's so wonderful, beautiful. Midas tovos She She's such a good person. She's exactly what I was looking for. Exactly what I was looking for. I'm just going to get married. It's going to be amazing. And that's not necessarily so amazing. Why? Because you haven't cemented the major principles of marriage, the Torah principles of marriage, right I'm talking about several things, several things. first of all, I want to talk about creating bonds between husband and wife that what how important it is to create a bond a bond a bond doesn't mean we live together. Oh yeah, good morning. How are you husband? A bond means a connection, an everlasting connection between you and your spouse. That doesn't happen automatically. That only happens cognitively. With cognitive discipline. Self-discipline. Where you say to yourself, I have to create a bond with my spouse. Now, I'm really talking to the men with this. I'm really talking to the men because most women out there will have that on autopilot. They'll have that need. They'll have that want, the desire to connect that connection. A woman who's a relationship-based person, most women will. Sometimes it works the other way around. I have seen the other way around. But most times the woman knows, yeah, I want to create a bond with my husband. But for the man to know, you have to create a bond with your wife. Not just Shana Rishonah. Every year, every year, today, today, have you created a bond with your wife? Yeah, have you have you bonded to her emotionally? And we talk about how to do it, but have we done it? It's a mission. It's a mission. It's very important. This is the Torah, the daily purpose of marriage. Every day, to create a bond between us and our spouse. This is not me. This is the Torah. Al yazov ish es ishta es v'davak be means they cleave together. They connect. The Zire. We said last week, the Zire speaks about. She connects with him, he connects with her. Dramam also says, What Of course, respect your wife more than you respect yourself. And love her like yourself. There is a mitzvah, a mitzvah to connect, to bond emotionally with your wife every day, every day. So this is something that we have to know, we have to solidify this principle in Shana Rishona. Right? So that's number one. Number two. Number two. The next thing is establish relationship policies. There must be policies in your relationship that you and your husband or you and your wife know that when something happens, this is what we do. You hear? If something happens between us or with someone else, a situation, a question, a agree, whatever happens, something happens. We don't want to be stuck. We know we have a certain policy that when something happens between me and you, this is what we do. We, we've we established the policy already. We did this in Shana Rishona. Some of you haven't done this. But we did this in Shana Rishona and therefore we know this is the policy. And I'm going to be talking about policies very, very soon. This is very, very important. Next. Next. And again, I, I am generalizing because there's so much. But I'm generalizing just to main, main basic things. And that is how to deal with hurt. How do we deal with with the the frightening word called hurt. How do we deal with that? What do we do? Do we act from the cuff? Do we just act emotional? Do we just let it all out and vent? Do we have a process? Do we have a system? Do we have a structure? Do we have steps of how we work it out? Well, there better be a policy because if there's no policy, there's going to be a lot, a lot of agmas of a lot of pain and suffering in the house. And if we're going to have children, Be'ezus Hashem, those of us who have children, it's going to affect the kids. Yes, it affects the kids. The relationship between husband and wife reflects the kids throughout. Throughout, First of all, I'm talking about the bond, number one. And second of all, I'm talking about the, the dealing with the hurt. That... That, that is very, very pivotal in the child's development to watch his or her parents, how they interact when they're hurt with each other. And by the way, that's also a great marker for them in their own relationships. Okay. Like this. So, so that's it. So, so basically, we're talking about these principles. And what we're saying is that Shana Rishona is really a time to cement it all. Now, I, I want to I wanna explain you something. It's very important. Just because you had a great Shana Rishona, and a lot of you are listening to this saying, well, wow, no, really, we we really worked on our marriage. Shana Rishona, you don't understand. We spent so much time on our impasses and our issues and our challenges. We were just so focused and we were so systemic and structured and organized, and we set everything up and we were good. Well, guess what? If it's five years later, you know you still have challenges. You know you have challenges, despite the fact that you've set up your wonderful Shana Rishona. The reason for it is because what we're missing, and Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, you know, those of you who listen to my shows, we start a series of workshops, might be other avenues where you can reach out for marriage, but the point of the matter, and there are, the point of the matter is we have to recognize that it's important to not just, okay, we set up principles, <fps> Chazara, <instructions> <Honor submarine gave> Chazara, <Owen> or those Friday listen to me, Chazara, Chazara, Otpam, 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 Abel, What am I talking about? I'm talking about we got to review our policies because policies slip. If we don't exercise our muscles, our, our policy muscles, they're going to slip. We're going to stop. We're not going to do it anymore. We're going to forget. Didn't we make up that if you're on the phone and I call you three times that you have to pick up? How come you didn't pick up for the third time? Yeah, maybe we did make that up three, four years ago. You know what? I forgot. I forgot. I just got involved. Okay, so let's discuss it again. Didn't we make up that if the kids are disrespecting me on the Shabbos table that you're going to tell the children immediately show some respect to Tati? Didn't we make that up? Well, yeah, maybe we did make that up. But you know what? It's been a long time. That's why we need Chazorah. That's why we have to go over these things. That's why it's so important to do chazara. You know, in the, in the professional world, you know what they call this? They call this PD, professional development. Meaning, just because you've learned your profession, no matter what it is, what are you? You're a lawyer? You're a doctor? You're an engineer? What type of professional are you? Well, in most professionals, most professions, excuse me, that deal directly with another human being, directly, especially in the medical field, lawyers, therapists, all sorts of therapists, there's there, there is, there is a very pivotal point that they'll, all you t- they'll always tell you in school, don't forget to review. Subscribe to the journals. You're constantly reviewing and you're learning new skills, new tools. You have to do chazara. You have to do it in your own marriage, ladies and gentlemen. You have to remember. Let's do this again. I know, you know, Rabbi Greenfield, I'm listening to you in this class. You're right. I actually had a policy with my husband about something, but you know what? We stop. We stop doing it. It's weird. Do you we know we stop doing it? Okay. So that's it. No. not That. That's it. Chazara, okay let's let 's talk about it again let's re, let's redo the policy now we don't we don 't just go over to our husbands or our wives and say, "Oh by the way, you know we forgot to talk about this. this is, you know we, remember we used to do that let 's do that again. No, it has to be done in a smart way because if you 're going to talk to your spouse about it in an aggressive attacking, possibly c- implying criticism, you could get into a big fight, and then you don't want to do that. So This is not about getting into big fights. this is about reviewing policies. And we'll talk later, Bezaz HaShem Yisbarach, about how to bring things up. Okay? So, where are we? So, we're talking about reviewing. That's why it's so important to review policies and to go over relationship, relationship principles. Very, very, very important. Okay. Now, like this. Now, like this. A matter of perspective. We always have to remember, especially Shana up, but, but any, any Shana, whatever Shana you're in right now. men, and women, the way who created us is that we think, feel, perceive, react, respond, need, appreciate all differently. We are different human beings. Not not just physically, emotionally, cognitively. Our our whole approach in life, our whole even if we have the same Hashkafas. Of course we have the same Hashkafot. Of course we all want to connect to Hashem. We want children you're you're we want you know, we, 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 everything we do is to connect to Hashem and, and to be closer to Hashem. And everything that we do is all based on what the Torah tells us. Okay, wonderful. And hopefully we all have those hashkafos. Don't Those of us who don't have those ashkafis, at least we're striving there, right? We're striving there. We're close to it. But the problem in your marriage is going to be, especially in Shana Rishonah, when you want your spouse to want what you want. That's what it is. Right. I want my husband to want what I want. I want my wife to want what I want. I want him to feel the way I feel. I want her to feel the way sh- I want her to feel the way I feel. Right? It's, it's I just I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So the number one principle in Shana Rishona, and I think this is also important for a lot of you, in whatever year you are, is acceptance. This is a pivotal word. Acceptance. I accept that I am different than him. I'm, I'm not the same. I'm not the same. So he has his Mishigasin, fine. He has his different personalities, and we have different personalities. So you know what? I might go to sleep early. He goes to sleep late. I might be organized. He's not organized. She, uh, for me, it's important to have, uh, for me, it's important every once in a while to have food that was prepared in a gourmet way. She, for her, it might not be important. So I accept that, and I'm going to communicate things which I cannot be Mivatar, but but things that I could be mevater, I'm just gonna let it go. This is part of marriage. This is how I connect to Hashem. This is the mission of marriage. A daily mission is to let things go. And I'm different. I'm different. I'm not. He's a man. He's a man. You know, if if a if a wife could say this, you know, to herself, yeah, listen, he's a man. This is the way he is. He's just a man. He's just being a man about it. That, that's actually a healthy thing to say. Or for, or for a man to say, she's just being a woman about it. So I'm not going to take it seriously. Because I'm not. I'm not taking it seriously. How am I going to go crazy? She thinks differently than me. He thinks differently than me. So that's acceptance. Very important. I want to I share something interesting with you, ladies and gentlemen. The other day, I went, you know, I chakras in chakras in, in, in a shul that I don't usually in. And what happens is, uh, a very funny thing happened. I got to share this with you, just to highlight this particular point of how, much, how different we we're in. So it's Hanukkah, and I go in, I'm davening there, I'm sitting in the back, and I just don't know anybody, I don't feel comfortable. You know, you go into a shul, it's like, you just don't feel comfortable. So, okay, but I am in the back, you know, I just want to focus on daven, and have kavanah. And I'm davening, and I see something very strange, which later on I hop actually what happened. And any men who are listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about, what I'm about to say, and that is, for some reason, it comes times to daven on shul, and it's like, is there a shliach tzibur? Anybody want to lead? Is there a chazen? It, it, people don't want to go up in front of the Yomim. They just don't want to go up in front of them. They feel uncomfortable. They're embarrassed. They, they're just not interested. Not interested. This is what happened. So somebody, the guy by started davening, and he just want to daven every day over and over again. So he asked somebody else. You know, maybe you want to take over. There's Hallel today. It's Hanukkah. Maybe you take over. The only now he went over to someone who he thought like the only person who's actually going to take over, and he says, "You want you want you want to daven shacharis? You want daven shacharis?" And the person looks at him and he says to him, and he points, he points to a baby carriage. For whatever reason it is, this man did a very big mitzvah that morning, because believe you me, this is not easy. He actually bought two of his children to shul. Yeah. And I'm not talking about a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old. He bought two of his little children, maybe a, let's say, I don't know, a half a year old and a two-year-old. Okay. Young, young, young kids. And he's like, I got to take care of them. So the other, the, the looks at him, and says to him, don't worry, like, he points at him, he shows, can't, can't talk in the middle of davening, he shows him, he says to him, I'll take care of them, don't worry, like, they are sleep- They were sleeping, they really were sleeping, fine. So the other guy goes up to the Amida, and he starts davening. He starts davening, and he's, you know, Shema, Shmonesrei, comes Chazar sashats, right? And that's the reviewing of the Shmonesrei. Meaning, we're, so we have all sorts of listeners, meaning we, we daven the Shmonesre, the Amidah, and then what happens is, The chazan says it again, right? He repeats it. Chazar Sashatz. So he's repeating, he's repeating davening, Shimon Esrei, and then guess what happens with the kids? You guessed it. One of those kids just starts crying, just crying, just start crying. And, and, and the child starts crying. We're all looking at, you know, he's davening Shmanesra. He cannot stop in the middle of Shmanesra. He's not leaving Shmanesra to take care of his kids. And he told this other person to take care of his children, so this other person probably knows. This person did, did not expect these kids to cry. I'm telling you, he did not expect these kids to cry. He thought they were sleeping. So he's trying, like, everything. He takes the bottle, tries to give them the bottle. He takes the and he puts it on the kids. He's tried playing with them. Nothing is happening. This child is crying. He's trying Everything. It's a very funny scene. Here you are in Shul. Middle Chazor is hashatz. the father of these babies is the Chazin. And the kids are crying. One kid started crying and the other kids sort of started crying. And, and like, nope, none of these men know, know what to do. Honestly, I will also, like take him back. Like, what do we do? What do we do with this kid? Like, nobody knows. Now, some of the women who are listening to this have probably figured out what we should have done, right? What we should have done with this baby. But we really didn't do it right away. It took us a while until one man, I can tell you, after a good three, four minutes of crying, one of the men in the front with his tefillin on, he comes over to the carriage. He grabs, takes the baby and he puts the baby on his shoulder. And guess what? The baby stopped crying. The baby was so happy. The baby didn't know his father, not his father. And this this man was just holding, it was an amazing, amazing scene how this man is holding the baby with his fill-in on and everything. He's holding the baby and he's diving with the baby while his father, the baby's father, is the chazan. It was just, it was a, such a, for me, it was so striking because that's a man. Like, we have no idea. Ladies, don't get so upset at your husband's. Don't get so upset. It's, he's just a man. We're different. We don't chop certain things. And it's so funny because this guy, whoever was taking care of the babies in the baby carriage, he's a bright guy. He's a good, smart, intelligent, open minded guy. I'm telling you, ask him anything else. He's very on the ball. Very on the ball. Great, great, great. great the guy, as they say. But he didn't chop. Just pick up the baby and hold him. What's the big deal? Right? That, that's what we're saying. We're just so, so. So different. Okay, so what are we saying now? We're talking about Shana Rishona. We're talking about acceptance. Ladies and gentlemen, just accept the fact that your spouse is different. And if you're in Shana Rishona, really, really accept it because it's gonna be very, very hard. So I'm gonna tell you a story. I want to tell you a story of a couple that this is one of my first couples. I might have said it in the past, but I want to say it again because it has a lot of shaykh to today's program. One of the first, first, first couples I've ever met. And here was the story. There there was a Shana Rishana couple, and they they come to me. They had a big problem, and it was a whole story, and they just wanted to highlight a certain story that happened. This story sort of like took them downhill. They they were feeling really connected for, for a few weeks with each other, and then something happened to them, and here's what happened. You don't know who they are and I actually asked them permission to say this story on air. And it's it's a lekach. It's a beautiful story. It's not shalom, a negative thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. And here's what happened. What happens is like this. It's a Shana Rishona couple and they, you know, the typical couple, it was ash- actually, they were an Ashkenazi couple and they went on a shidduch and they went on a bunch of shidduchim and they were looking for this, you know, for certain things. They found what they wanted and they were very, very excited. They just got married. They felt very connected. And then, A friend of the 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 chassan and the khal. A friend of the chassan, a friend of the chassan says to the chassan, "You know what? You know, guess what? Why don't we spend Shabbos together? I just got married. You just got married. You know, my wife could be your wife. You know what? Why don't we spend Shabbos together? We're gonna have amazing Shabbos. Why don't you come?" And there's only one hitch, and only hitch was, and he's the the chassan that we're talking about knew about this. The hitch was, is that his friend was Sephardi. So he, he had to go with his friends for Shabbos, but his friend was Sephardi. And the problem is that these are Ashkenaz. His wife is Ashkenaz. So maybe there's an issue with the food because, you know, the Sephardi food and Ashkenaz food is not exactly the same. Many of the things that we eat are the same, but some of the things are not. he was thinking. So he wants over to his wife, and he says to his wife, listen, you know, let's call him Ruvain, okay? So Ruvain, Ruvain, who just got married, goes over to his wife, and let's call her, for argument's sake, we'll call her Dina. Okay, both both children of the shoth shot him. Okay. So Ruvain goes over to Dina and he says to Dina, Dina, you know what? Moshe just invited me for Shabbos. I know he's farty, but you know what? Maybe go. You want to go for Shabbos? She says, No problem. Make you happy. Let's go for Shabbos. So they went for Shabbos. And the conversation was great. Friday night, they were talking, they were schmoozing. But what happened was, is that Dina did not realize how sfardi Moshe really was. He was very, very he is very, very sfardi. And on their Shabbos table, the only thing that he, she was possibly able to eat was the challah. Other than that, she really did not relate to the food. And she was a little bit picky on her food, so she, she wasn't eating anything. And she was getting a little bit hungry. She's thinking, okay, maybe the next course, maybe the next course, maybe dessert. But nothing, nothing. And then she's getting hungry, 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 hungry. You know, when we get hungry, we have our hats on and then we get all, you know, flustered and it's not really not good for our emotions. Okay, but she figured, okay, maybe the next morning, next morning comes, you know, Kiddush. She was able to eat something. She wasn't starving, but she wasn't able to fill herself up. She's used to and Kugel. She wasn't used, used to the Kibbeh and, uh, and the Lachmajin. Huh? Different foods, different foods. She wasn't used to it. And she's getting hungrier and hungrier. And Shabbos goes like this. And she's not telling anything to her husband. She doesn't tell anything to her husband. And what happens is, end of Shabbos, Moshe Shabbat, Moshe, after Havdullah, Moshe tells Aaron, Moshe tells Ruvayn, Ruvayn, listen, um, how about you guys stay here and we watch, we, let's watch our wedding video. Well, like, you know, let's, we, our, we just got our back our wedding video and, you know, you were dancing in it. And it was nice. Why don't we watch it together? So, Ruvain goes over to Dina and he says, Dina, what do you think? Should we watch? You want to watch the wedding video? And Dina's looking at him and she's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm starving. I just want to get out of here. I'm so happy that we went to your friend's house, but I haven't eaten anything anyway. She doesn't tell him that. Instead, she says to him, oh, okay, sure, no problem, no problem. And that's what happens. They start watching the video and watching the video and watching the video and five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes after a half an hour, she's like, I, I don't believe this. Like, doesn't he hop like I'm starving over here and he's like watching this video. She, she just walks out of the room. She goes back to her room where they were at. He doesn't, Ruben doesn't hop. He doesn't get that Dina just left. Dina goes to her room and she's waiting for her husband, waiting for her husband, waiting for her husband. Her husband doesn't come. He's just watching the video. He doesn't understand that. His wife just left. Finally, after another half an hour, Reuven's like, where's my wife? He goes and he looks for his wife. He comes to the room and there's his wife sitting on the bed, crying, literally crying, bowling her eyes out. Like, And he's like, what happened? What happened? And she doesn't want to talk to him. She's like, what happened? And she looks at him. She's like, what happened? What happened? Do you have any idea? Like, I'm starving. And she's like, you're starving? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. And he's like, okay, let's pack up. And he packs everything up and he puts everything into the suitcase. And he goes down to his friends, like, hey, let's go, we're going. And he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he runs with her and he says goodbye, before he says goodbye to his friend, runs with her to a pizza shop, runs to the pizza shop, gets her a slice of pizza and a salad. And he comes back, he's like, here's your food, here's your food, here, 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 eat. She's like, eat? I don't want to eat anything now. I don't want to eat. And he's looking at her and he's thinking, I don't get this. This is marriage. I, I don't understand this. Like this complete disconnection, complete disconnection. Why? Because not an understanding of how different we are. Not an understanding of how we communicate differently, how we think differently, how we perceive differently, our needs that are different. Important to know, and I'm going to go back to the story at the end of this class, and I'm going to show you, what, what was supposed to happen, and how they could have just a million times over, fixed this problem. And it didn't have to wait till Moteh Shabbat. We're going to go over it in a second, but first, later. But first, let's go over some Rosh Hashanah principles. Number one, we have different primary needs. We have different primary needs. Gentlemen, your wife's primary need is to feel loved, to feel special, to feel cared for. That's her need in the relationship. That's her need. You want to give her a gift? Of course I say give her a gift. But, it's going to be translated to, wow, he cares about me and he loves me, and that's why he gave it to me. So if that's one of her five love languages, you know what? When you give her a gift, she might take it like, wow, it's amazing. You gave me a piece of jewelry. Now I know he loves me. Okay, maybe that's how she, she needs it. But her perception of the gift is not, oh, guess what? I have now a new necklace. I have new earrings, so I'm happier because of what I have. That's not what's going on in her mind. What's going on in her mind is wow, my husband loves me so much that he that he bought this for me. It, that he bought me a card that he wrote. So for the, your wife, what's most important is that's an auto, her autopilot is wanting to feel loved. Now, ladies, your husband's need, your husband's primary needs to feel achieved. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's your shona first policy that maybe has not been embedded in your shona Rishana, or you're forgetting his primary need is to feel achieved. To feel achieved. That's it. To feel achieved. Now, in the relationship, the way he feels achieved is by making you happy, doing something to make you happy, but you acknowledging it. You telling him, wow, it made such a difference in my life, the fact that you came early tonight to light the menorah. It made such a big difference in my life, the fact that you're learning with the kids, that you're playing with it. It made such a big difference in my life. Forget about your life, meaning as far as why you did it why you didn't do it, or why it's important to the kids, or why it's important that you go to the dentist. You know what? The fact that you did not make a difference in my life. That's what he needs to hear from you. It made a difference in my life, and that motivates him to do it again. Now, there are exceptional cases, I'm not going to say. There are exceptional cases. Many ladies who are listening to this, you have husbands who need a lot of love. Yes, they need a lot of love. You need a lot of love, and then sometimes you might have to. We might have to work it in a backward fashion. You might have to. You might have to give him a lot of love. That's very possible. Very very possible. But what I will tell you is that that could come from a childhood need. It could come from maybe a poor attachment when he was a child. He didn't get that love. That's okay. You can give him that love, but it's supposed to spiral back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Who should be the initial giver? Yes, the husband should be the initial giver. Same way the woman. Is, is the receiver, naturally. And I want I to just bring up, while we're on this topic, I want to just mention a very, very important thing. And I've seen this lately with couples that I deal with, etc. A very, very important issue. And I hope you're listening to this, especially men, like this. Many, if not most times in your relationship, when you're not providing your wife with that emotional connection... That feeling of, I love you, I care about you, I feel you're special, I appreciate you, when you're not giving her that, and you're just ignoring her for whatever reason it is, I want you to understand, it's not just, oh, she's not getting what she needs. It's hurtful. You hear me? It's hurtful. Literally hurtful. It can be hurtful to the woman. Now, sometimes to the man, also, I will say that. But generally, generally for the, for the woman, it could be hurtful for her when you're ignoring her. So it's not just, yeah, you know, I want to go on vacation. Well, if I don't go on vacation, okay, fine, whatever. We'll go on vacation next year or next month or whatever it is. You know, yeah, I, I wanted donuts for, for Hanukkah. I, I wanted donuts. I wanted these Hanukkah donuts, the big ones. That's what I really wanted. But the fact that I got the small ones, okay, fine. That's not what it is in a relationship. Sorry. What it is is if you're not providing your wife with her primary needs, it's sometimes, many times, going to feel hurtful to her. The same way you starve, some of you are, uh, you know, okay. Baruch Hashem, we're all eating well, Baruch Hashem. We're in a country that allows us to eat. But in certain countries where they weren't allowed, able to eat or when you're fasting when you're fasting on Yom Kippur sometimes you can feel your stomach it's like growling it's like I'm so hungry it's starting to hurt me that's how it is sometimes when we don't provide our spouse with their primary needs okay and I'm talking about primarily now men to women do not provide them with love, attention appreciation, affection etc it's very very important it does work the other way around sometimes. It does, ladies. It does work the other way around. If your husband is not fe- feeling achieved in the relationship, he just feels that he can never make you happy. He's trying and trying and trying, but he feels like he can never make you happy. And by the way, many times he's just not trying, right? But Many times he is trying, but or he used to try, but he didn't feel appreciated. He didn't feel appreciated by his wife. So, And that's why it happened. A- a- and when that happens that he doesn't feel appreciated by his wife, he just gives up. And then it starts becoming hurtful for him. And, and then many men just escape. They just don't, they'll come home late, they go to Mairiv, to Sheer, and they don't find themselves home anymore because they're just not interested. They lost the interest. So it's important both ways that we have to fulfill each other's primary needs. So, so a couple of, of, of pivotal suggestions. We've discussed this. Shona Rishona people, couples are listening to me. Very, very important. Just a couple of things over here. Number one, Ladies who are listening to this, greeting your husbands. I can't say how important it is to greet your husbands. Very important. It makes the man feel achieved. It validates his day. It makes him feel like he's a something. And even if you're so busy in your house, because all the kids are home for Hanukkah, and, and they're fighting, and there's needy, and there's the baby, and the this, and the that, and the other thing, guess what? Go over to your husband. I'm so happy to see you. I'm having a crazy night, but I'm so happy to see you. I'm having a crazy day. That's it. next, Establish routines. This is really Shana Rishona stuff, and, and hopefully you've established these, but you know how these things slip. Let's start with, with time. Most husbands need their cave time. They need their cave time. In order to connect to you, ladies, they need their cave time. This, exp- this is a John Gray expression, cave time. The bear needs to go to his cave. Sometimes, I ladies, I know you need your husband's help. You have big families, Kanai Nahara. And a lot of children, Baruch Hashem, it's such a big bracha. But you know what? If you need your husband to help you, if he's been working hard all day, and he's been at work, and he's had the financial pressure, and this pressure, and that pressure... Or even if he's in Kolel and he just, you know, he was he was in Kolel. You know, learning Torah is not so easy. What I, I mean he's learning Torah, he's enjoying himself. It's not so easy. It takes a lot of cognitive discipline to learn Torah. Really a lot. And that's the schar that we get. You know, it's all about Yagiyah, which means trying and working. He's coming home. He needs his time. If if you feel or if you see that your husband's just not... I don't know, it's just not happening when he comes home. It's just not happening. He might need his cave time. You have to work out with him. You come home, I'll give you 10 minutes to relax. But after 10 minutes, please come back. Work it out. Ladies, sometimes you need relaxation time. Forget about yourself. I know you don't care about yourself. But you care about your children. If you care about your children, give yourself time. You should have a discussion with your husband. You know, when you come home, we'll give you some cave time. Then you know what? You'll help me with the kids, whatever. If you give me some, my time myself, that would really be helpful. I know how hard it is, but it'll be very helpful. And this is how you talk when you're talking about routines with your husbands and your wives. Here's what you say. And this is all, you know, you could listen to my request show. Well, Mr. Shem, we're going to be having a lot of these shows, classes, workshops, hopefully available soon, Mr. Shem. But like this, that what? Just go to your spouse. Make an appointment. Don't just come home today and say, "Oh, I heard about Greenfield. Speak about routines. You know, we should really make new routines." No, 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 no. You find the right time. He's he doesn't have his hats on. She doesn't have her hats on. You're relaxed. You talk. You always start off by connecting to your spouse. That's how you start the request conversation. Connecting. I know how hard it is for you. I know. I, you know it must be you. I know you're working so hard for the family. We both not. We both don't stop. You don't stop. Yeah, you don't stop either. But let's not a piece of the conversation talking both to the men and the ladies right now it you don't stop i know how hard you work but i was thinking if you can't do this not a problem but i was thinking that you know i just i get really stressed at night and i was wondering if there's any way i could get like five minutes of relaxation that would be really great that would help me so much it would make me so happy well i don't know why do you need it what do you mean it's your role you're right you're right this is just how i feel it'll make me happy That's your leverage, ladies, with your husbands. It'll make me happy, and it'll be leveraged so long as if Mirza Hashem, when he does it, afterwards you say to him, wow, that made me so happy. I can't tell you what type of difference it made in my life. That's gold to your husband. Not because Akar Zatov, which in itself is like, you know, what more do I have to say? But to motivate him for the future, to do it again. So establishing cave time for your spouse, specific relaxation time for yourself. Establish specific quality time together dates and times with your spouse this is mandatory mandatory man I'm talking to you now mandatory to establish quality time. Quality time with your spouse does not mean you're in the same house together and you're eating dinner together. It means alone time with your spouse, preferably on a daily basis. If it cannot be on a daily basis, then every other day or every third day, but it has to be a time where we know we connect as a spouse. This is a mitzvah. I'm not saying, it's, yeah, it's very nice, your wife will be happy. This is a mitzvah. This is a mitzvah. So if you can't do it for Hashem, do it for your wife. If you can't do it for your wife, do it for yourself. You know what? You'll be a happier camper. Trust me, you'll be much happier mitzvah Hashem. So specific time, next, establish specific times, how's it some men are coming late, because they're working hard, and they're making money for the family, or whatever reason it is, so structure, okay, I see you're coming late, but you're coming late every night, that's not the way you talk, right, you say to your husband, listen, I know you're making money for the family, and I understand the reason you're coming late, is because you're so busy, because of A, B, C, D, and E, F, G, but you know what, if we can establish at least Two times a week, three times a week, when right? I know you come at a certain time, especially now, Hanukkah, it's so important for the kids. I'm talking about, obviously, by the way, I'm talking to the husbands who are coming late for, for a good reason, uh, because you're working or whatever it is. Otherwise, it's very important, especially on Hanukkah especially on Hanukkah to come home on time. Very important. I I, man, I understand sometimes we have to come late. But Hanukkah, if you can, if you can't light the menorah with the kids, very, very important. Sometimes you have some of you have jobs at night. I understand that. I understand that. I struggle with that myself. I see couples at night, right? But we have to balance it, no, tonight I'm not. I'm not seeing anyone I'm going tonight I'm gonna come home. Tonight I'm gonna come home. It's more important to come home. Next, listening to. Listening. One, you have the quality time with each other. This is a very important Shana rishona principle. Ladies and gentlemen, quality time means listening. Not giving advice, but listening. Uh Uh-huh. Wow, that's crazy. I can't believe you had such a hard day. That's nuts. I don't believe that. Listen, listen, listen. And it works both ways. Not just you get to listen to me, but I get to listen to you. Both ways. I want to be listened to. We both want to be listened to. So don't let, don't let, don't let it become a situation where you're sabotaging the conversation. We all need to be heard. I know that, but let's switch in the middle and say, "Well, how was your day? Talk to me. What happened?" Especially men. Men don't talk usually. They say, "Oh, whatever, whatever." But you could fiddle around with that, and you'll see. Sometimes your husband will open up, and he really had it in his heart. And now that he's releasing, now that he's releasing, allow him to release. Allow him to feel validated. Ladies, your husbands needs need instructions. It's a very important Shona Rishonah policy. Husbands needing instructions. That what? Oh gosh, you know, I'm, I'm looking right now. I, I, it's 11.54. Uh, <laughs> when I started the show, I'm like, how am I going to finish this all in one day? Of course we can't. And I thought I'll just you know go over the, 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 the Klalim and then do the Prat. And I don't think I'll be able to make it. I might have to finish next week. Which is okay, which is fine. So let's just let's okay, we'll talk about two things here. Two things, then we'll we'll go back to the other things, hopefully next week, if we remember. Okay, like this. That what? Instructions. Yeah, then we're gonna tie it up to that story. Instructions. Ladies, a man is a man is a man. Meaning whizzy wag. what you see is what you get. So if you don't tell him, he's not gonna know. It's not like with your friends when you can you, know, you can communicate in different types of ways. They sort of hop, they understand. Think about what the story that I told you with, with the guy in shul, with the baby. He didn't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. It's until one guy, like whatever. So they need instructions. It's so important to say to your husband, I had a really hard day. If you could just genuinely listen to me and empathize, that would really help. There's nothing wrong with saying that to your husband. Now he knows, okay, he'll listen. Oh, no problem, I'll listen. Or saying, or saying to your husband, I know how busy you are. I know how busy you are, I'm just reminding you that next week is our anniversary, my birthday, this way is Hanukkah, if you can't get me anything, not a problem, but if you do, that's great, you know, whatever it is, do I have to do that? Well, definitely for birthdays and anniversaries, sometimes the man forgets, it's important to do that, I know this sounds uncomfortable, but for many of your husbands who are forgetful, just remind them, just remind them, they'll remember. Okay, you're coming home. The house is a mess. There's nothing wrong with picking up the phone, ladies, and telling your husband, I'm coming home in 15 minutes. If the house will be clean, it'll make me so happy. I mean, So your husband has a heads up. Okay, he knows. Instead of coming home to a messy house, thinking, is the house going to be clean? Is the house not going to be clean? Are the kids going to be taken care of? They're not going to be taken care of. What am I going to see when I come home? I want to know what I'm seeing at home. I, I, I'm going crazy. I don't know. Pick up the phone. Call your husband. Give him the instructions. These instructions are very, very important. Very, very important policy-making. Okay. Like this, ladies. I'm going to skip some of these things because I just don't have time. And I want to speak to the men also about some very important things. Like this. Let's go back to that story. Let's go back to the story of the Shana Rishana couple. couple. What happened? Hopefully you heard the story. Hopefully you heard this. You were here in the beginning of the show also. Young couple, they go to a Shana Rishana, they're going to a Sfari friend, a Sfari friend, great friend of his, but there's there's a food, food. They're Ashkenaz. So the woman... The young Kala, she's getting very hungry because there's nothing for her to eat and she's getting hungry and hungry and then just becomes a very big mess. So what happens? Number one, he wanted to go to his Fadi friend and he went over to his wife. So his wife said, sure, no problem. Ladies, sometimes you have to tell your husbands. very important. I would love to do that for you, but the only issue is going to be the food. Oh, the only issue is going to be, I'd love to go to your mother for, for Shabbos Hanukkah. But the only issue is when we go to your mother, I feel like sometimes you don't give me a lot of attention. So if you could think about that, that'd be great instead of just saying yes because you don't want to upset your husband you can say yes and just attach it to well i'm concerned about this that the other thing now later when the, when 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 this kala became hungry she could have just went over to her husband said to her husband ruvain I thank you so much for coming here. I'm having a great time, but I'm really starving. There's nothing to eat. And Ruben would have arranged it. I'm sure there was food in the house. He would have arranged it. Next, Moshe Shabbat. He want, Moshe asked Ruben to stay for the video. He wanted to stay for the video. She could have simply said to him, I would love to stay here to watch the video. Moshe, Ruben, could you come here? And say, can I talk to you for a second? Do it privately. I would love to watch the video with. Your friend watched their wedding video. I'd love to do that, but I'm really starving. I'm really starving, so I don't know what to do. To communicate, because we don't want to say no, especially early in Shana Rishana, we don't want to say no to our spouse. By the way, you should never say no to your spouse, ever, 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 ever. I know it sounds strange. I say this a million times. You don't want to do something? Say, I would love to do it for you. But if I know if I would, I would feel resentful. I would be hungry, and your husband's going to hop. Your wife's going to hop. We don't say no. I would love to do that for you, but I, just, I know if I do, I'm going to be very, very upset. So, okay, no problem. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's the way we should be talking. Now, when he w- goes back to the room, she should have hinted something. She should, don't just go back to the room and not tell your husband. He finally goes back to the room. He finally goes back to the room. He sees his wife. She's crying. Give her a little empathy. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Don't give yourself excuses. Oh, it wasn't my fault. I'm so sorry. I feel terrible for you. I feel terrible for you. Now she's calm. Now you can go to a pizza shop. Now you could buy her something. Ask her what she wants. Now it'll work out. This is called communication in a marriage. This is a shana rishona mishap, but it can happen any any year. I want to just jump to one thing before we go, and that's like this. It is Hanukkah. Hanukkah, a very big theme, theme of Hanukkah, ladies and gentlemen, is, is giving hoda, giving thanks. You know where we say al hanisim? We say it modem there's a reason for that because we're thanking Hashem it's a very th- this holiday the big theme of Hanukkah is just to say thank you Hashem thank you thank you thank you thank you for everything right Nisim, the nest of Hanukkah but we have a nest every day every day is a miracle every day our existence hashem gives us is a miracle it's one big miracle you know what Hashem Hashem gives us and gives us and, gives us, and we're appreciating say hashem thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what Hashem wants from us also? To thank our spouse. Thank your spouse. Here you have opportunity on Hanukkah. Thank your spouse. Thank them. Ladies, it made such a big difference to me that you came home on time. Tell your husband. It made such a big difference to me that you were learning with the kids. We spent time with the kids. It made me so happy. Men, to your wives... Thank you for being there for the family. Thank you for making the donuts. Thank you for making the latkes. I noticed it was so hard for you in the kitchen to sweat over the latkes. I appreciate that. It made a big difference. This is a theme in Hanukkah. In modem, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you can get a gift for your spouse, not that Hanukkah is about gifts, but it's a gift of appreciation. It doesn't have to be something fancy. You want to buy some jewelry to your wife? That's amazing. Whatever you can for your wife, wonderful, give her and give her a letter of thanks. It's so important, the letter of thanks. I cannot tell you how that letter of appreciation, thank you for being there, thank you for working for our family, both husbands to wives and wives to husbands. I'm not saying women should buy their husbands gifts if they want and they could. It's a beautiful thing. I I don't know that it's so necessary. I think for the man it's more necessary to get something for you, even a flower, a, a, a chocolate that she likes if you can't afford something expensive. Something nice with a nice letter, a nice card. Maybe put it by the Shabbos candles, Shabbos Hanukkah when she lights candles. You don't know how much Shalom, you don't know how much Bracha you're bringing into your house and the kids are watching all of this. It'll just empower them for their Shalom, for Bracha in your house. It'll bring you schosim, Bezoshem, Parnassah, Hatzlacha, Gezunt, naches, everything you want. Just let's appreciate, let's say thank you. Same way we do alanisim in Modim, let's say thank you to our spouse. Thank you verbally, thank you maybe by a gift, and maybe this year also, write something, get a card, write something to your wife, write something to your husband, and thanks for everything that they are and they mean to you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Have an amazing, amazing Hanukkah. Alichtek chanaka. Anybody has questions, comments. Feedback 917 397 This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing week and a freelich Hanukkah.